Act Two of Women Beware Women. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Women Beware Women by Thomas Middleton. Act Two. Scene One. Enter Hippolyto and Lady Livia, the widow. A strange affection, brother. When I think on't, I wonder how thou camest by it. Even as easily as man comes by destruction, which oft-times he wears in his own bosom. Is the world so populous in women, and creation so prodigal in beauty, and so various? Yet does love turn thy point to thine own blood? Tis somewhat too unkindly. Must thy eye dwell evilly on the fairness of thy kindred, and seek not where it should? It is confined now in a narrower prison than was made for it. It is allowed a stranger, and where bounty is made to the great man's honour, tis ill husbandry to spare, and servants shall have small thanks for it. So he heaven's bounty seems to scorn and mock that spares free means, and spends of his own stock. Ne'er was man's misery so soon sewed up, counting how truly. Nay, I love you so, that I shall venture much to keep a change from you so fearful as this grief will bring upon you. Faith, it even kills me when I see you faint under a reprehension, and I'll leave it, though I know nothing can be better for you. Prithee, sweet brother, let not passion waste the goodness of thy time, and of thy fortune. Thou keep'st the treasure of that life I love as dearly as mine own, and if you think my former words too bitter, which were ministered by truth and zeal, tis but a hazarding of grace and virtue, and I can bring forth as pleasant fruits as sensuality wishes in all her teeming longings, this I can do. Oh, nothing that can make my wishes perfect. I would that love of yours were pawned to it, brother, and as soon lost that way as I could win. Sir, I could give as shrewd a lift to chastity as any she that wears a tongue in Florence. She'd need be a good horsewoman, and sit fast, whom my strong argument could not fling at last. Prithee, take courage, man. Though I should counsel another to despair, yet I am pitiful to thy afflictions, and will venture hard. I will not name for what. It is not handsome. Find you the proof, and praise me. Then I fear me I shall not praise you in haste. This is the comfort. You are not the first, brother, has attempted things more forbidden than this seems to be. I'll minister all cordials now to you, because I'll cheer you up, sir. I'm past hope. Love, thou shalt see me do a strange cure, then, as e'er was wrought on a disease so mortal and near akin to shame. When shall you see her? Never in comfort more. You're so impatient, too. Will you believe? Death, she hath forsworn my company, and sealed it with a blush. So, I perceive all lies upon my hands, then. Well, the more glory when the work's finished. How now, sir, the news? Enter servant. Madam, your niece, the virtuous Isabella, is lighted now to see you. That's great fortune. Sir, your stars bless you. Simple, lead her in. Exit servant. What's this to me? 
Your absence, gentle brother, I must bestir my wits for you. Ay, to great purpose. Exit Hippolito. Beshrew you. Would I loved you not so well? I'll go to bed and leave this deed undone. I am the fondest where I once affect, the carefullest of their healths and of their case, forsooth, that I look still but slenderly to mine own. I take a course to pity him so much now that I have none left for modesty and myself. This tis to grow so liberal. You few sisters that love their brother's case above their own honesties. But if you question my affections, that will be found my fault. Enter Isabella. Niece, your love's welcome. Alas! What draws that paleness to thy cheeks? This enforced marriage towards? It helps, good aunt, amongst some other griefs. But those I'll keep locked up in modest silence, for their sorrows would shame the tongue more than they grieve the thought. Indeed, the ward is simple. Simple? That were well. Why, one might make good shift with such a husband, but he's a fool entailed. He halts downright in't. And knowing this, I hope tis at your choice to take or refuse, niece. You see it is not. I loathe him more than beauty can hate death, or age her spiteful neighbour. Let it appear, then. How can I, being born with that obedience, that must submit under a father's will? If he command, I must of force consent. Alas, poor soul! Be not offended, prithee, if I set by the name of niece a while, and bring in pity in a stranger fashion. It lies here in this breast, would cross this match. How? Cross it, aunt. Ay, and give thee more liberty than thou hast reason yet to apprehend. Sweet aunt, in goodness keep not hid from me what may befriend my life. Yes, yes, I must when I return to reputation, and think upon the solemn vow I made to your dead mother, my most loving sister. As long as I've her memory twixt mine eyelids, look for no pity now. Kind, sweet, dear aunt. No, twas a secret I have took special care of, delivered by your mother on her deathbed. That's nine years now, and I'll not part from it yet though ne'er was fitter time, nor greater cause for it. As you desire the praises of a virgin. Good sorrow! I would do thee any kindness, not wronging secrecy your reputation. Neither of which, as I have hope of fruitfulness, shall receive wrong from me. Nay, twould be your own wrong, as much as any should it come to that once. I need no better means to work persuasion, then. Let it suffice. You may refuse this fool, or you may take him as you see occasion for your advantage. The best wits will do it. You've liberty enough in your own will. You cannot be enforced. There grows the flower, if you could pick it out, makes whole life sweet to you. That which you call your father's commands are nothing. Then your obedience must needs be as little. If you can make shift here to taste your happiness, or pick out aught that likes you, much good do you. You see your cheer. I'll make you no set dinner. And trust me, I may starve for all the good I can find yet in this. Sweet aunt, deal plainlier. Say I should trust you now upon an oath, and give you in a secret that would start you. How am I sure of you in faith and silence? 
equal assurance may i find in mercy as you for that in me it shall suffice then know however custom has made good for reputation's sake the names of niece and aunt twixt you and i were nothing less how's that i told you i should start your blood you are no more allied to any of us save what the courtesy of opinion casts upon your mother's memory and your name than the merest stranger is or one begot at naples when the husband lies at rome there's so much odds betwixt us since your knowledge wished more instruction and i have your oath in pledge for silence it makes me talk the freelier did ne'er the report of that famed spaniard marquis of coria since your time was ripe for understanding fill your ear with wonder yes what of him i have heard his deeds of honour often related when we lived in naples you heard the praises of your father then my father that was he but all the business so carefully and so discreetly carried that fame received no spot by it not a blemish your mother was so wary to her end none knew it but her conscience and her friend till penitent confession made it mine and now my pity yours it had been long else and i hope care and love alike in you made good by oath will see it take no wrong now how weak his commands now whom you call father how vain all his enforcements your obedience and what a largeness in your will and liberty to take or to reject or to do both for fools will serve to father wise men's children all this you've time to think on oh my wench nothing o'erthrows our sex but indiscretion we might do well else of a brittle people as any under the great canopy i pray forget not but to call me aunt still take heed of that it may be marked in time else but keep your thoughts to yourself from all the world kindred or dearest friend nay i entreat you from him that all this while you have called uncle and though you love him dearly as i know his deserts claim as much e'en from a stranger yet let not him know this i prithee do not as ever thou hast hope of second pity if thou shouldst stand in need on't do not do it believe my oath i will not why well said aside who shows more craft to undo a maidenhead i'll resign my part to her to hippolito as he is entering she's thine own go to livia alas fair flattery cannot cure my sorrows exit livia aside have i passed so much time in ignorance and never had the means to know myself till this blessed hour thanks to her virtuous pity that brought it now to light but i had known it but one day sooner he had then received in favours what poor gentleman he took in bitter words a slight and harsh reward for one of his deserts aside there seems to me now more anger and distraction in her looks i'm gone i'll not endure a second storm the memory of the first is not past yet aside are you returned you comforts of my life in this man's presence i will keep you fast now and sooner part eternally from the world than my good joys in you to hippolito prithee 
forgive me. I did but chide and jest. The best loves use it sometimes. It sets an edge upon affection. When we invite our best friends to a feast, tis not all sweetmeats that we set before them. They're somewhat sharp and salt, both to whet appetite, and make them taste their wine well. So, methinks, after a friendly, sharp, and savoury chiding, a kiss tastes wondrous well, and full o' the grape. How thinkest thou? Dost not? Kisses him. Tis so excellent, I know not how to praise it. What to say to it? This marriage shall go forward. With the ward? Are you in earnest? Twould be ill for us else. Aside. For us? How means she that? Troth, I begin to be so well, methinks, within this hour, for all this match, able to kill one's heart. Nothing can hold me down now. Should my father provide a worse fool yet, which I should think were a hard thing to compass, I'd have him either, the worse the better. None can come amiss now, if he want wit enough. So discretion love me, desert and judgment I have content sufficient. She that comes once to be a housekeeper must not look every day to farewell, sir, like a young waiting gentlewoman in service, for she feeds commonly as her lady does. No good bit passes her, but she gets a taste on't. But when she comes to keep house for herself, she's glad of some choice cates than once a week, or twice at most, and glad if she can get em. So must affection learn to fare with thankfulness. Pray make your love no stranger, sir, that's all. Aside. Though you be one yourself, and know not aunt, and I have sworn you must not. Exit. This is beyond me. Never came joy so unexpectedly to meet desires in man. How came she thus? What has she done to her? Can any tell? Tis beyond sorcery, this, drugs or love-powders. Some art that hast no name, sure, strange to me of all the wonders I e'er met with all throughout my ten years' travel. But I'm thankful for it. This marriage now must of necessity forward. It is the only veil wit can devise to keep our axe hid from sin-piercing eyes. Exit. Scene two. Livia's house. A chess-board is set out. Enter Guardiano and Livia. How, sir? A gentlewoman so young, so fair as you set forth, spied from the widow's window? She. Our Sunday dinner-woman. And Thursday supper-woman, the same still. I know not how she came by her, but I'll swear she's the prime gallant for a face in Florence, and no doubt other parts follow their leader. The duke himself first spied her at the window. Then in a rapture, as if admiration were poor when it were single, beckoned me and pointed to the wonder warily, as one that feared she would draw in her splendour too soon, if too much gazed at. I ne'er knew him so infinitely taken with a woman, nor can I blame his appetite, or tax his raptures of slight folly. She's a creature able to draw a state from serious business, and make it their best piece to do her service. What course shall we devise? Taz spoke twice now. Twice? Tis beyond your apprehension how strangely that one look has catched his heart. T'would prove but too much worth in wealth and favour to those should work his peace. And if I do it not, or at least come as near it, if your art will take a little pains and second me, has any wench in Florence of my standing, 
I'll quite give o'er, and shut up shop in cunning. Tis for the duke, and if I fail your purpose, all means to come by riches or advancement, miss me, and skip me over. Let the old woman, then, be sent for with all speed. Then I'll begin. A good conclusion follow, and a sweet one, after this stale beginning with old ware. Within there. Enter servant. Sir, do you call? Come near, list hither. Whispers. I long myself to see this absolute creature, that wins the heart of love and praise so much. Go, sir, make haste. Say I entreat her company. Do you hear, sir? Yes, madame. Exit. That brings her quickly. I would twere done. The duke waits the good hour, and I wait the good fortune that may spring from't. I have had a lucky hand these fifteen year at such court passage with three dice in a dish. Signor Fabrizio. Enter Fabrizio. Ah, oh, sir, I bring an alteration in my mouth now. An alteration? Aside. No wise speech, I hope. He means not to talk wisely, does he, Trow? Good. What's the change, I pray, sir? A new change. Another yet? Faith, there's enough already. My daughter loves him now. What? Does she, sir? Affects him beyond thought. Who but the ward, forsooth? No talk but of the ward. She would have him to choose above all the men she ever saw. My will goes not so fast as her consent now. Her duty gets before my command still. Why then, sir, if you'll have me speak my thoughts, I smell twill be a match. Ay, and a sweet young couple, if I have any judgment. Aside. Faith, that's little. Let her be sent to-morrow, before noon, and handsomely tricked up, for about that time I mean to bring her in, and tender her to him. I warrant you for handsome. I will see her things laid ready, every one in order, and have some part of her tricked up to-night. Why, well said. Twas a use her mother had, when she was invited to an early wedding. She'd dress her head all night, sponge up herself, and give her neck three lathers. Aside. Ne'er a halter? On with her chain of pearl, her ruby bracelets. Lay ready all her tricks and jiggum-bobs. So must your daughter. I'll about it straight, sir. Exit Fabrizio. How he sweats in the foolish zeal of fatherhood! After six ounces an hour, and seems to toil as much as if his cares were wise ones. You've let his folly blood in the right vein, lady. And here comes his sweet son-in-law that shall be. They're both allied in wit before the marriage. What will they be hereafter when they are nearer? Yet they can go no further than the fool. There's the world's end in both of them. Enter Ward and Sordido, one with a shuttlecock, the other a battledore. Now, young heir. What's the next business after shuttlecock now? Tomorrow you shall see the gentlewoman must be your wife. 
There's e'en another thing, too, must be kept up with a pair of battledores. My wife, what can she do? Nay, that's a question you should ask yourself, Ward, when you're alone together. That's as I list. A wife's to be asked anywhere, I hope. I'll ask her in a congregation, if I have a mind to it, and so save a license. My gardener has no more wit than an herb-woman that sells away all her sweet herbs and nosegays, and keeps a stinking breath for her own pottage. Let me be at the choosing of your beloved, if you desire a woman of good parts. Thou shalt, sweet Sordido. I have a plaguy guess. Let me alone to see what she is. If I but look upon her, way, I know all the faults to a hair that you may refuse her for. Dost thou? I prithee, let me hear em, Sordido. Well, mark em, then. I have em all in rhyme. The wife your gardener ought to tender should be pretty, straight, and slender, her hair not short, her foot not long, her hand not huge, nor too too loud her tongue, no pearl in eye, nor ruby in her nose, no burner cut but what the catalogue shows. She must have teeth, and that no black ones, and kiss most sweet when she does smack ones. Her skin must be both white and plump, her body straight, not hopper-rumped, or wriggle sideways like a crab she must be neither slut nor drab nor go to slayfoot with her shoes to make her smock lick up the dews and two things more which i forgot to tell you she neither must have bump in back nor belly these are the faults that will not make her pass and if i spy not these i am a rank ass <laughs> nay more by right sir you should see her naked, for that's the ancient order. See her naked? That were good sport, if faith. I'll have the books turned over, and if I find her naked on record, she shall not have a rag on. But stay, stay, how if she should desire to see me so too? I were in a sweet case, then, such a foul skin. But you've a clean shirt, and that makes amends, sir. I will not see her naked, for that trick, though. Exit. And take her with all her faults with her clothes on. And they may hide a number with a bum roll. Faith, choosing of a wench in a huge farthingale is like the buying of ware under a great penthouse. What with the deceit of one and the false light of the other, mark my speeches, he may have a diseased wench in's bed and rotten stuff in his breeches. Exit. It may take handsomely. Guardiano goes out and returns almost immediately. I see small hindrance. How now, so soon returned? Enter mother. She's come. That's well. Widow, come, come, I have a great quarrel to you. Faith, I must chide you, that you must be sent for. You make yourself so strange, never come at us, and yet so near a neighbour and so unkind. Troth, you're to blame. You cannot be more welcome to any house in Florence, that I'll tell you. My thanks must needs acknowledge so much, madam. How can you be so strange, then? I sit here sometimes whole days together without company, when business draws this gentleman from home, and should be happy in society, which I so well affect as that of yours. I know you're alone, too. Why should not we, like two kind neighbours, then, supply the wants of one another, 
having tongue discourse, experience in the world, and such kind helps to laugh down time and meet age merrily. Age, madam, you speak mirth. Tis at my door, but a long journey from your ladyship yet. My faith! I'm nine and thirty, every stroke wench. And tis a general observation mongst knights, wives, or widows, we account ourselves then old when young men's eyes leave looking at us. Tis the true rule amongst us, and never failed yet in any, but in one that I remember. Indeed, she had a friend at nine and forty. Marry, she paid well for him. And in the end he kept a queen or two with her own money, that robbed her of her plate and cut her throat. She had her punishment in this world, madam, and a fair warning to all other women that they live chaste at fifty. Ay, or never, wench. Come, now I have thy company, I'll not part with it till after supper. Yes, I must crave pardon, madam. I swear you shall stay supper. We have no strangers, woman, none but my sojourners and I. This gentleman and the young heir, his ward, you know our company. Some other time I will make bold with you, madam. Nay, pray stay, widow. Faith, she shall not go. Do you think I'll be forsworn? Tis a great while till supper-time. I'll take my leave then now, madam, and come again in the evening, since your ladyship will have it so. In the evening? By my troth, wench, I'll keep you while I have you. You have great business sure to sit alone at home. I wonder strangely what pleasure you take in't. Were to me now, I should be ever at one neighbour's house or other all day long, having no charge or no one to chide you if you go or stay, who may live merrier, I, or more at heart's ease. Come, we'll to chess, or draughts. There are an hundred tricks to drive out time till supper. Never fear it, wench. I'll but make one step home and return straight, madam. Come, I'll not trust you. You use more excuses to your kind friends than ever I knew any. What business can you have, if you be sure you've locked the doors? And that being all you have, I know you're careful on't. One afternoon so much to spend here. Say I should entreat you now to lie a night or two, or a week with me, or leave your own house for a month together. It were a kindness that long neighbourhood and friendship might well hope to prevail in. Would you deny such a request of faith? Speak truth and freely. I will then uncivil, madam. Go to, then. Set your men. Pointing to the chessboard. We'll have whole nights of mirth together ere we be much older, wench. Aside. As good now, tell her then, for she will note I've always found her a most friendly lady. Why, widow, where's your mind? Troth. And at home, madam, to tell you truth, I left a gentlewoman and sitting all alone, which is uncomfortable, especially to young bloods. Another excuse? No, as I hope for health, madam, that's the truth. Please you to send and see. What gentlewoman? Pish! Wife to my son, indeed, but not known, madam, to any but yourself. Now I beshrew you. Could you be so unkind to her and me to come and not bring her? Faith, tis not friendly. I feared to be too bold. Too bold? Oh, what's become of the true hearty love was wont to be mongst neighbours in old time? And she's a stranger, madam. The more should be her welcome. 
when is courtesy in better practice than when tis employed in entertaining strangers ah oh, i could chide a faith leave her behind poor gentlewoman alone too make some amends and send for her betimes go please you command one of your servants madam within there enter servant madame attend the gentlewoman aside it must be carried wondrously privately for my son's knowledge he'll break out in storms else hark you sir whispers the servant aside to guardiano now comes in the heat of your part true i know it lady and if i be out may the duke banish me from all employments wanton or serious so have you sent widow yes madam he's almost at home by this and faith let me entreat you that henceforward all such unkind faults may be swept from friendship which does but dim the lustre and think thus much it is a wrong to me that have ability to bid friends welcome when you keep em from me you cannot set great dishonour near me for bounty is the credit and the glory of those that have enough i see you're sorry and the good men's is made by it here she's madam enter bianca and servant aside i wonder how she comes to send for me now gentlewoman you're most welcome trust me you are as courtesy can make one or respect due to the presence of you i give you thanks lady i heard you were alone and it had appeared an ill condition in me though i knew you not nor ever saw you yet humanity thinks every case her own to have kept your company here from you and left you all solitary i rather ventured upon boldness then as the least fault and wished your presence here the thing most happily motioned of that gentleman whom i request you for his care and pity to honour and reward with your acquaintance a gentleman that ladies right stands for that's his profession tis a noble one and honours my acquaintance all my intentions are servants to such mistresses tis your modesty it seems that makes your deserts speak so low sir come widow to bianca look you lady here's our business pointing to the chessboard are we not well employed think you an old quarrel between us that will never be at an end no and methinks there's men enough to part you lady oh but they set us on let us come off as well as we can poor souls men care no farther i pray sit down forsooth if you have the patience to look upon two weak and tedious gamesters faith madam set these by till evening you'll have enough on't then the gentlewoman being a stranger would take more delight to see your rooms and pictures marry good sir and well remembered i beseech you show em her that will beguile time well pray heartily do sir i'll do as much for you here take these keys show her the monument too and that's a thing every one sees not you can witness that widow and that's worth sight indeed madam kind lady i fear i came to be a trouble to you oh nothing less forsooth and to this courteous gentleman that wears a kindness in his breast so noble and bounteous to the welcome of a stranger if you but give acceptance to my service you do the greatest grace and honour to me that courtesy can merit 
I were to blame else, and out of fashion much. I pray you lead, sir. After a game or two we're for you, gentlefolks. We wish no better seconds in society than your discourses, madam, and your partners there. I thank you, praise. I'll listen to you, sir. Though when you spoke there came a paltry rook full in my way, and choked up all my game. Exit Guardiano and Bianca. Alas, poor widow, I shall be too hard for thee. You're cunning at a game, I'll be sworn, madam. It will be found so, ere I give you over. She that can place her man well. As you do, madam. As I shall, wench, can never lose her game. Nay, nay, the black king's mine. Cry you mercy, madam. And this my queen? I see it now. Here's a duke will strike a sure stroke for the game anon. Your pawn cannot come back to relieve itself. I know that, madam. You play well the whilst. How she belies her skill! I hold two ducats I give you check and mate to your white king, simplicity itself your saintish king there. Well, ere now, lady, I have seen the fall of subtlety jest on. Ay, but simplicity's receives two for one. What remedy but patience? Enter Guardiano and Bianca in a gallery above. Trust me, sir, mine eye ne'er met with fairer ornaments. Nay, livelier, I'm persuaded neither Florence nor Venice can produce. Sir, my opinion takes your part highly. There's a better piece yet than all these. The Duke discovered. Not possible, sir. Believe it. You'll say so when you see it. Turn but your eye now. You're upon it presently. Exit. Oh, sir. He's gone, beauty. Pish, look not after him. He's but a vapour that when the sun appears is seen no more. He takes hold of her. Oh, treachery to honour! Prithee, tremble not. I feel thy breast shake like a turtle panting under a loving hand that makes much on't. Why art so fearful? As I am friend to brightness, there's nothing but respect and honour near thee. You know me, you have seen me. Here's a heart can witness I have seen thee. The more's my danger. The more's thy happiness. Pish! Struggle not, sweet. She struggles to get from him. This strength were excellent employed in love now. But here tis spent amiss. Strive not to seek thy liberty, and keep me still in prison. I faith you shall not out till I am released now. We'll both be freed together, or stay still by it. So is captivity pleasant. Oh, my lord! I am not here in vain. Have but the leisure to think on that, and thou'lt be soon resolved. The lifting of thy voice is but like one that does exalt his enemy, who, proving high, lays all the plots to confound him that raised him. Take warning, I beseech thee. Thou seemst to me a creature so composed of gentleness and delicate meekness, such as bless the faces of figures that are drawn for goddesses, and makes art proud to look upon her work. I should be sorry the least force should lay an unkind touch upon thee. Oh, my extremity! My lord, what seek you? Love. Tis gone already. I have a husband. 
That's a single comfort. Take a friend to him. That's a double mischief, or else there's no religion. Do not tremble at fears of thine own making. Nor, great lord, make me not bold with death and deeds of ruin, because they fear not you. Me they must fright. Then am I best in health. Should thunder speak and none regard it, it had lost the name, and were as good be still. I'm not like those that take their soundest sleeps in greatest tempests. Then wake I most, the weather fearfulest, and call for strength to virtue. Sure I think thou know'st the way to please me. I affect a passionate pleading above an easy yielding. But never pitied any, they deserve none that will not pity me. I can command, think upon that. Yet if thou truly knewest the infinite pleasure my affection takes in gentle fair entreatings, when love's businesses are carried courteously twixt heart and heart, you'd make more haste to please me. Why should you seek, sir, to take away that you cannot give? But I give better in exchange, wealth, honour. She that is fortunate in a duke's favour lights on a tree that bears all women's wishes. If your own mother saw you pluck fruit there, she would commend your wit and praise the time of your nativity. Take hold of glory. Do not I know you've cast away your life upon necessities, means merely doubtful, to keep you in indifferent health and fashion, a thing I heard too lately and soon pitied? And can you be so much your beauty's enemy to kiss away a month or two in wedlock and weep whole years in wants for ever after? Come, play the wise wench and provide for ever. Let storms come when they list, they find thee sheltered. Should any doubt arise, let nothing trouble thee. Put trust in our love for the managing of all to thy heart's peace. We'll walk together, and show a thankful joy for both our fortunes. Exit above. Did not I say my duke would fetch you over, widow? I think you spoke in earnest when you said it, madam. And my black king makes all the haste he can, too. Well, madam, we may meet with him in time yet. I have given thee blind mate twice. You may see, madam, my eyes begin to fail. I'll swear they do, wench. Enter Guardiano. Aside. I can but smile as often as I think on it. How prettily the poor fool was beguiled! How unexpectedly! It's a witty age. Never were finer snares for women's honesties than are devised in these days. No spider's webs made of a daintier thread than are now practised to catch love's flesh fly by the silver wing. Yet to prepare her stomach by degrees to Cupid's feast, because I saw twas queasy, I showed her naked pictures by the way, a bit to stay the appetite. Well, advancement, I venture hard to find thee, if thou comest with a greater title set upon thy crest, I'll take that first cross patiently, and wait until some other comes greater than that. I'll endure all. The game's e'en at the best now. You may see, widow, how all things draw to an end. And so do I, madam. I pray, take some of your neighbours along with you. 
they must be those are almost twice your years then if they be chose fit matches for my time madam has not my duke bestirred himself yes faith madam has done me all the mischief in this game has showed himself in's kind in's kind call you it i may swear that yes faith and keep your oath aside hark list there's somebody coming down tis she enter bianca aside now bless me from a blasting i saw that now fearful for any woman's eye to look on infectious mists and mildews hang at's eyes the weather of a doomsday dwells upon him yet since mine honour's leprous why should i preserve that fair that caused the leprosy come poison all at once to guardiano thou in whose baseness the bane of virtue breeds i'm bound in soul eternally to curse thy smooth-browed treachery that wore the fair veil of a friendly welcome and i a stranger think upon't tis worth it murders piled up upon a guilty spirit at his last breath will not lie heavier than this betraying act upon thy conscience beware of offering the first fruits to sin his weight is deadly who commits with strumpets after they have been abased and made for use if they offend to the death as wise men know how much more they than that first make em so i give thee that to feed on i'm made bold now i thank thy treachery sin and i'm acquainted no couple greater and i'm like that great one who making politic use of a base villain he likes the treason well but hates the traitor so i hate thee slave well so the duke love me i fare not much amiss then two great feasts do seldom come together in one day we must not look for him what at it still mother you see me sit bite are you so soon returned aside so lively and so cheerful a good sign that you have not seen all since sure that have i mother the monument and all i'm so beholding to this kind honest courteous gentleman you'd little think it mother showed me all had me from place to place so fashionably the kindness of some people how it exceeds faith i have seen that i little thought to see in the morning when i rose nay so i told you before you sought it would prove worth your sight i give you great thanks for my daughter sir and all your kindness towards her oh good widow much good may do her aside forty weeks hence in faith enter servant now sir may it please you madame to walk in supper's upon the table yes we come will't please you gentlewomen thanks virtuous lady aside to livia you're a damned bawd i'll follow you forsooth pray take my mother in aside an old ass go with you this gentleman and i vow not to part then get you both before there lies his art Exeunt. widow i'll follow you is't so damned bawd are you so bitter tis but want of use her tender modesty is sea-sick a little being not accustomed to the breaking billow of woman's wavering faith blown with temptations tis but a qualm of honour twill away a little bitter for the time but lasts not sin tastes at the first draught like wormwood water but drunk again 
tis nectar ever after. Exit. End of Act Two.